0: I feel that there is an opportunity for us to do something very significant today as we lean into the Word of God. I wanna acknowledge that we've already done something significant through worship. So I'm looking where Trish was and now I'm not finding her. But anyway, worship team, that was so remarkable. Uh, thank you because you went that extra mile to enter into that spiritual realm and you brought a little of heaven right here into our place. And that's a gift to us, so thank you so much. I love the words of the song. The theology of what we just worshipped was really powerful. And, and you know what I was thinking is that God tells us that there is a lion, the lion of Judah. And he's our God. He, he is our king. We are directly connected to him. And in a sense, if you are born from above, that same spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ lives within us, in our spirit. And so it's a beautiful thing just to even hear that in a song, that there is a lion in here in us, the Lion of God, that we can rest in and have assurance with, because out there, the world's a pretty crazy place. It's a pretty crazy place. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is strength, there is wisdom, there is freedom, there is power. It's a beautiful truth to lean into. I'm so excited uh, to share today, not only because I sense it is a word occur, but I get to do a message that's not about being naked for three years. And so the last one I'm just telling you, that was so hard for me. I felt so vulnerable uh, speaking on Isaiah as I, Isaiah had that very difficult task of being at that place of vulnerability. And remember the truth with Isaiah when he went and, and was asked by God to uh, walk the streets naked, and it was naked for three years from the streets to the very palace of the, of the kings, was so that in his place of vulnerability, God could connect with other people. That God, God could actually be at his best when we were at our most vulnerable. Well, today what's interesting is it's, it's almost uh, a similar truth. The truth is that God is going to show Isaiah and us in the Word of God today that he is not limited by time. That when we feel pressured by time, that is when God is able to come and literally remove the time constraints for us. That's going to be the message. In fact, I'm just letting you know, those of you who are already thinking how long is this going to take, it's, it's only going to take one second for this message, but that spiritual second. And in human reality, that's 20 minutes. But anyway, we got this. He, he's literally saying, and if we can just lean into this, that he's bigger than time, time's no problem for him. That's what we're going to see today. And it's a powerful, mind-blowing message because most of us are very aware of time all the time. In fact, it's hard to step out of time. I would suggest to you today, by the time we get to the end of this message, you're going to learn that when you step into Christ, you step out of time. Because time doesn't have a place in eternity. Time doesn't have a place. With eternity, there is no time. And so we've actually stepped into eternity when we give our life to Christ. We've connected with him on that level. And so the mind-blowing part then is how do we do that transaction of understanding what it looks like to be internal time in the middle of what we would call human time or now time. And so my message is, there's really no time like the present. I want you to think on that for a moment. There's no time like the present. So right, right now in our present time, if you're a believer, there is no time. So let's not limit ourselves to time constraints. But let's acknowledge that right now eternity can collide with human time and eternity wins every time. Friends, when eternity collides with human time or temporal time, eternity time wins every time. We don't have a problem that eternal time can't fix. We don't have a pain that eternal time can't shrink. We don't have a hope that eternal time can expand. And so we, we get to learn how to bring eternity to this moment, and that's the power of what we're going to see today. I want you to look at a, a way that I'm going to create a formula for this. And so if we'll go to slide number one, I'm going to call this real time. Real time is when you understand eternity, when you factor eternity in. So if you can say real time, it's the time we use to put eternity into motion. When you and I are walking in eternity or putting things of eternal value into motion, that's real time. When we're not doing that, that's human time. All right, so let's take a minute. Get it? That was like a joke, take a minute. (laughs) Isn't it weird to think of life without time? So in real time right now, I want you to think of something. If you could be able to put something into motion that greatly impacted eternity, what would it be? Just think on that for a moment. If you could put something into motion that had an eternal, forever impact, what would it be? For a lot of us, we understand worship literally takes us to the very throne of God. We know that God's enthroned on the praises and the worship of his people so that when we worship him, we've stepped into eternal time and it never goes away. Do you understand that? When we worship God, that is a forever act that always resounds with him. How about our prayers? Did any of you think of praying, putting that into motion? We know that when we pray by scripture, that our prayers go at the very altar, the incense altar at the throne of God. So that's, going, that's an eternal investment that we're making. I read him this morning. I read 50 times, and that's a five, to add 10 to it because I don't have 50. But 50 times in the word of God, he says that his love is everlasting. So every time we receive or give his love, that's also an eternal forever deposit. Friends, his truth never returns void. His love never returns void. So when we are loving other people in truth, that's a forever thing that we put into motion. That's real time. So how much time are we doing real time or not? And the power of it is, is just to sit there and do a cost-benefit analysis and say, I'm stepping into some more of real time. And that's what we're going to see as the call today. I would like for you now just to take a minute, and if you think about it, if you had one hour given to you for every day, an extra hour, I know that there's only 24 hours, I know we can't add human time to humankind, right? But if you had an extra hour of every day, what would you use? What would you do with it? Just go ahead, take, take a minute And talk about it amongst yourselves. Go ahead. You've just been given an extra hour for every day. What are you going to do with it? Talk about it. Thirty more human seconds. Thirty more human seconds. All right. Um, so, yeah. I want to read. I'm just going to read Isaiah 57:15 to you, and it says, "For, for thus says." the high and the exalted God who lives in everlasting to everlasting. Are you getting this? If you're from everlasting to everlasting, there is no time. Whose name is holy. I dwell on a high and holy place. And I also now dwell with the contrite and lowly of spirit in order to revive the spirit of the lowly And to revive the heart of the contrite. He's in heaven alive right now. And he ever lives to be inside of us who are lowly and contrite and wanting to walk in his way. That's happening right now. Eyes, please open up and and see it. He can live at two places at one time. Aren't you glad? Heaven knows no bounds. That's the reality that he's trying to make sure we get. And we can walk in that reality when we walk as a lowly and contrite person that's, that needs the love and the life of God. I don't know about you, but if I had the extra human minutes, I'm not sure what I'd do with them. But if I have eternal moments, I've got a whole list. I need him to move on an eternal way. I do the best I can, and that gets me this far. But when he steps in it takes care of it all. And so we need to engage him. How do I engage the living God? We're going to see today good old Isaiah who got vulnerable and naked for three years. Now he gets to carry one of the hardest, most difficult message to somebody he loves. It's been said in history that Hezekiah, King Hezekiah was one of the best of all the kings of Judah. And he's going to carry a very difficult message to him, which might have been harder for him to do than to do the three years naked thing. And so anyway, let's go now uh, to Second Kings chapter 20. We could also see this in Isaiah 38, but we're going to do the second Kings 20. we're going to begin we're just going to go through it verse by verse. Verse one says, "In those days, Hezekiah became mortally, mortally ill. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, "This is what the Lord says. Set your house in order." For you are going to die and not live, so that's a hard message, right? So I love you, and you are like family. Remember, after his incidents with Ahaz and the whole country went sideways, now he gets Isaiah that gets to be a prophet to a good king who comes in and really cleans the country up, sets the people's heart towards knowing the one true God. This is like a great place for a prophet to be. And so he he comes in and he says, I need to tell you what's going to happen here. I've got a word from the Lord and and it's not a good one. You're going to die. You're going to die and not live dead. I mean, it's there's no way out of this. That's a hard word to share. And so in that, I want you to know that Isaiah once again is at that vulnerable place. And I'm, I'm wanting us to know, people of God right now, would you please, hear this, that we're going to be asked to do some things that are vulnerable, that are going to make us feel awkward. Yeah. That's the world we live in. We are. But we need to be able to do it the way Isaiah did. We We need to go in love. We need to go in the spirit and love, truth and love. And to be able to, to share hard things God's looking to share hard things in a right way, in a loving way. So again, I read them all this morning. I encourage you, look up everlasting love in Scripture, in the Old Testament, 50 times. I just read them today just because I wanted to be immersed in it. If he tells us 50 times in the Old Testament, I'm loving you with an everlasting love, guess what that means? His love is everlasting, and he's giving it away to us. And so the way he's going to move in our life is through that everlasting love. And I hear people say things, and and I take a little bit of um, a jab at this, but people will often say the Old Testament's the book of, you know, war, truth. The New Testament's the book of love and peace. Listen, the Old Testament is a book of the love of God as well. You can't, if you just ask the Lord to show you and you read it, you will see that we've been loved from the very beginning. Everything he's doing is coming out of love. Even when it's hard, it's coming out of love. And so when we share hard things, how are we going to do it? In love. love. And that's when eternity collides with the temporal and the words have words of life. So that's that's the power of this. Verse 2. Then he, being King Hezekiah, turned his face to the wall I don't know about you, but have you ever had to turn your face to the wall? You were so devastated that you didn't have it in you to look at anyone. Because you don't want them to see in you that you can't do it, that you have no answer, that you can't come through. You're good, King Hezekiah. You've done everything you can to save this land. And now you have nothing to give. You're so, you're so ashamed that you can't deliver that you turn your face from anyone because you don't want them to lose hope and you just face the wall in just a place of utter despair. Have you ever been there? Come on, we have. And remember what we said earlier in Isaiah fifty-seven fifteen. where does God live? Where does he live? In the heart of the lowly, in the contrite. Those who are facing the wall can't do it. That's who he's running to. We need to run to the wall more often than some of the other stuff. Run to the wall. And he prayed to the Lord, saying, please, Lord. Just remember how I've walked before you wholeheartedly and in truth. And I've done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept profusely. When we can just get real with God at that level, I believe I, I believe eternity collides with humanity and it's a beautiful thing. It's hard, it's beautiful. But when we are surface level approaching God, we get surface level encounters. And then I've I've looked in Scripture before where people weep profusely or bitterly. And I want you to know, I can tell you this right now, God comes through every time. Come on. God comes through every time. And even before Isaiah had left the middle courtyard, the word of the Lord came to him saying, Return. And say to Hezekiah, The leader of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David, says I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears. Behold, I am going to heal you. Come on, people, am I in the wrong church today? How are we? It's like that song, I don't even know how to sing it. I was singing, and then when you do that, uh, oh my gosh. How do we not want to see people healed, touched? Do you hear that? The Lord knows our pain. He knows our problems. He cares. Return. Let him know I'm aware of it. I am on your side and in your corner. I can move. Let eternity hit this. Oh, my gosh. I get so emotional. I hate myself when I do that. But, my gosh. How do we we stuff that? I'm so glad I'm not on school board anymore that I have to act professional. That was tough, man. Just be you. I've heard your prayer. I'm going to heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house. Did you hear that third day? You shall go up to the house of the Lord, and I will add 15 years to your life. And I will save you and this city from the hand of the king of Syria. And I will protect this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. It's not just about you and your pain, Hezekiah. Because people look to you as a leader and you've done good and you've done well. I'm going to hyper heal you just to give them hope too. And oh, by the way, I'm looking backwards and I told David I was going to help his people. So I'm taking that into account as well. It's more important than your need for this moment. Because it's a now time for you, but it's a forever time for Him. And so I'm going to come in, I'm going to do something greater than you even thought. Yeah, here's 15 years, bam, done. Now watch what else I do. Have hope, people of God, have hope. Watch out, King, you're coming against my people. Ain't going to work that way, I'm standing up. What an amazing response that Hezekiah gets from seeking the Lord and what the residue is for those around them. Leaders, leaders, do you see what our sphere of influence really is? That we have an opportunity to impact other people. I, I spent time today just telling God, thank you for the elders of this church. Their leadership is like this their heart for our community, for one another. It's so powerful. I feel like I am part of an amazing family right here in Redeem because of the heart of the leadership and the staff, all the way to the worship team, all the way to everybody. It's it's such a beautiful thing for me to come and to see that the leadership's impacting our body right here and now that our body gets to impact our community and all. Well, anyway, I have two points that I want to make now that I've done all that. Here's the points. Here's the life lessons that we're going to get out of this passage. Number one, God is bigger than time. Amen? And so we're talking real time, which is putting eternity into motion. That's the real point there. God is bigger than time, but we can make God small by living him to time, right? We as humans can do that. That won't really He's still God but we're not taking full advantage of the opportunities that he's asking us to live in. Just like if somebody comes up and says, will you share something about the Lord with me? And we shrink back from that, then it doesn't make God smaller, but that opportunity went, then we missed out on that, or that person missed out on it. And so we can limit the opportunities that God has to have outcomes based upon how well we interact with what he does for us, or what he calls us. So we've got to take time seriously But the way we take time seriously is we use it for eternity instead of human stuff. All right, so that's number one. Number two is that we need to put our house in order. And for me, what this means is that you're going to have to come to a place of what I call a faith focus. And so that's, that's just like you want to take time real. We need to take relationships real. In this room right now are real people. You are either my brothers and my sisters, and I love you, I don't. We're real people. And we all have things that are going on. And we all want to intersect with one another's life more than on a once-a-week basis. We want to intersect each other's lives in such a way that eternal impacts take place. And so just like you have real time, I'm asking you, and I spelled it wrong, Relational connections. You know, if you spelled relational, it wouldn't have an A after the E. It'd be R-E-L. And so, I, you know, I can spell somewhat decent. I misspelled that on purpose. Let's not use people. Let's invest in people with God's love. Sometimes I'll see people say things like this. This is my biblical view. Blah blah blah, blah. and it's and, and they're not really creating a relationship, they're actually destroying one. Come on. And so we can actually even use truth to create division instead of using truth to create life. And so the truth is that we need to have truth and love come together to have the greatest outcome every time. That's how it really works. So that's what I mean by relational Connections And people know when we love them or when we're just doing our part to share the gospel or whatever, right? People know it. And the Lord is able to create divine love in us for other people. What a gift. I want to give that away like I want to give eternal time away. Yeah. Oh, by the way, no limit on eternal time to give. Yeah. If you give eternal time, we have all the time to give. If you give real love, you have all the love you ever need to give. All right. I, I know it's just too straightforward, isn't it? So I just want to now come back to a little bit of human time for us, okay? Because human time will intersect with God time. I want us to look at Revelation uh, chapter twenty-two, twenty. 20. This is one of the most powerful books written in the Bible. Of course, everybody says that about their favorite books of the Bible. Revelation was a, a book that was very difficult for me. I think some of you know that I have a master's degree, I have a doctorate. I've studied in Greek and Hebrew. I've studied a lot, and one of the most difficult books for me to ever understand, and I've studied it over 25 years, is the book of Revelation. You know why? Because I'm a linear person. My undergraduate degree is in urban planning. And the furthest, the worst that we do, Mark, is we go six-year plans. So you go six years, and then, and then you go, okay, now we're going to plan backwards, and we think we've really done something, right? When you get into the book of Revelation, there is no time. So he's talking about one time in connection to no time, and it really messes you up. And then we tell other people, here's the linear outcome of reading Revelation. There is no linear outcome. Here is the truth of the way it's really working, that everything works together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to purpose. That's revelation. And at the very end, this is what he's going to tell us. Guess what? That which is right and forever wins. And I want to give you a little picture of what it looks like. And it's a beautiful picture. It's, there's no pain, there's no tears, there's no, there's no uh, light, there's no evil. It's amazing. And we're in his presence continually. And so now, after that, this is what he says in Revelation 22.20. And he who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Everything of any time revolves around him at the center of no time. And what we do know when he says, yes, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Can I tell you what's really being said here? In human time, this is really hard. In human time, this is hard. Please come quickly. And the Lord's saying, yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming. So again, if we had one more hour for each day, what would you do with it? Well, hopefully, at this point, we're saying we want to put some eternal things into motion, right? That's what we do with our human time as we tap into eternal time. And one of the things that I thought about is just being able to ask God, would you give me a greater sense of eternity so that I know how to connect and give it away? So would you just take a minute right now and just, you know, In your own way, just ask the Lord, would you give me a greater understanding of eternity? You wrote it out in the book of Revelations. You guys can go read it. But I want to be driven by the eternal truths. Because we see human stuff all the time. Human stuff is marketed 24-7 in human time. But the Spirit's doing an inside job all the no time. Come on, Lord, what does eternity really look like? Put your house in order, point number two. This is what I want to suggest that maybe we do. If we go to slide eight, here's, here's a Marty Schaefer suggestion. So this is just me. But if you are 60 years and older like I am, you've, you've got uh, an opportunity to maximize an hour a day in my quota because here's what happens. When God gave um, Hezekiah 15 more years, that was actually 131,400 hours. 131,400 hours, that's how much he was given to increase his, his life on Planet Crazy. All right, so this is what I'm thinking. If that's the case, and I'm 60 and now I get to live to 75, you know, which is maybe an average, I got an extra hour to do some really cool stuff. And so I'm asking those of us who are 60 years or older, don't raise your hand, but would you just give one hour of your day to really allow eternity to be moved in your life and move through our lives? we we just set aside one hour of human time, which is no time, and turn it into God time, eternal time? If you're only, you know, 40 to 60, you're so busy, maybe if you would just take a half hour. And here's why you only have to take a half hour, because that half hour gives you all the time you need to do the things that really matter. Yeah. It really will. If you're Diego, and you're, and you're 20 to 40, and then your life is before you, then I'm just saying, you know what? If you took 15 minutes to tap into eternity, your life, when you hit 40 and 60, is going to be like hours and hours more of this stuff. I've got grandkids that are under 20, and I'm going to ask them, and I'm building a plan with them. I need you to take seven to eight minutes every day, little guys, to think of what's real forever. What's forever real? What, do, what does it mean that his truth is forever and it never returns void? What does it mean that his love is forever and it never returns void? What are, I want my little guys to think on those things. So that's what I'm asking us to do as humans. And here's my motivation, Hebrews 10, 37, 39. It says this, for yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in it. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but to those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. If we can just get that far, I'm telling you, seven to eight minutes a day for a little guy might teach him not to shrink back when stuff gets weird. That's what I'm looking for. And now I want to conclude with this. Isaiah, the end of the uh, passage, 8 through 10. Now Hezekiah said to Isaiah, what will be the sign that the Lord will heal me? Don't you like him for asking that? Like, I really want this healing, but could you help me understand that... because this is like not worldly stuff. And, I, and Hezekiah was a man of God, and he's still feeling a little bit, what? Vulnerable. So what will be a sign? That the Lord will heal me, and that I will go up to the house of the Lord on the third day. Well, I can tell you right now, Hezekiah, you, you won't get it, but Jesus is a sign. And on third days, he does amazing stuff. Isaiah said, this shall be the sign to you from the Lord that the Lord will perform the word that he has spoken. Shall the shadow go forward ten steps or go back ten steps? Here's where we get to the weird miracle of time. So Hezekiah said it is easy for the shadow to decline ten steps. No, but have the shadow turn backwards ten steps. This is what was happening. There's a a sundial built into the steps of Ahaz he was real fancy and the Sun would come down and you'd know what time it is by the shadow on this on the sundial steps okay and so Hezekiah is going like this if you uh, if you want to help me really lean into this with faith so that I don't straight back would you give me a sign absolutely no problem what do you want I'm going to give you some options on signs you want one where the Sun goes down ten steps right in front of your eyes or should I have it go backwards the other way? Not quite. I, I don't want to have to get my voice. Is just about out. I, all day yesterday, I was meeting with a school board for eight hours uh, in another city, so my voice isn't real strong. Or do you want the sun to go back the other direction? Hezekiah, to his credit, says, you know what? I think it'd be easier for God just to let the sun go down fast, but to make it go backwards, I'm not sure that's ever even been done before. So he says, let's do that one. I take that. Can you, can you see almost like the holy gumption in this guy? Yeah, you know, what? let's take the hard route, God. Let's do like a miracle miracle. Let's do something. I mean, like in Joshua, you made the sun stand still. This is even better. Let's make it go backwards. And I wonder if Hezekiah was thinking like this. This is from a human vantage point, right? If you actually make it go backwards, what you have to do is you have to hold the sun still. So God's going to have to touch the sun with his fingers and just hold it still. Or maybe he's thinking, you have to do pause on the rotation of the planet Earth and then make it stop and then make it return and go in reverse. I mean, that's, the, that's what happens when the sun goes the opposite direction. You're stopping time and you're putting it in reverse. And so I don't know how God does it. Some people said this is too great of a miracle so that they, they think it didn't really happen. And they're saying that maybe what happened was God just created an illusion of the shadow. Look, I've, I've been instructed by Southern Baptists how to do hermeneutics and exegesis. And the word doesn't say that he made a shifty shadow. He did a very hard miracle and he just was God being God. And I don't want little shifty healings. I don't want shifty miracles in my life today. I don't want watered down God. I want the real God doing the real stuff in His real time. That's the power of what we're talking about today. Is that amazing? It is. And so, with me, this is this is the and and Kurt. When I called you, a quasi miracle happened in my life, which is why I called. So we're in Buffalo. New York, doing some trainings and different things. And then, Marcy and I got to go to Niagara Falls. If you haven't gone to Niagara Falls with your wife, pretty cool thing to get to do. But then we were walking down on that trail and we ran into this guy. And it just so happens this guy, um, I could hear him talking and he sounded Jamaican. Now, Jamaican people, when they talk, I like, they just sound cool, man. I don't know how you guys get that Jamaican stuff, but it sounds good. So I just wanted to chat with him. I said, Hi, who are you? We chatted a little bit. And he said, where are you from? I told him, Washington, where are your friends from? We said Titusville 4. That's uh, Marcy's best friend. and Our friends were with us. So now he says, oh, I grew up in Titusville. So then I'm really listening. It's like, hey, I think eternity just intersected with our human time. Because my family pastored uh, Park Avenue Baptist Church in Titusville for uh, just, just under three years. So we spent our time, and he said, you know what? I went to uh, the kindergarten there at the school in Park Avenue Baptist Church. It was a beautiful conversation. We had it, and I felt like the Lord say to me, you need to pray for him right now. You pray for him. So it was a little awkward, but I just said, hey, Roger, can I pray for you? He said, yes, please do. So I prayed for him, and then he just walked off. And I thought, well, that didn't go very well. Like I thought, you know, I was looking for heaven or something to, you know, move and the falls to stop or something. But anyway, I just prayed for him. He just walked off. I thought, well, you know, I did it. I was obedient to the best of my ability. We're walking along this trail. And by the way, the trail now is called the Devil's Hole. So we're walking along this trail near Niagara. And then he comes back. And he said, uh, can you tell me what you prayed for me again, please? I've been pondering it. And I said, sure. And I started to tell him. He said, no, wait, stop. And he pulls out his phone and he says, I want you to pray for me again, but I want to record it. And so he puts his arm around me and he holds the phone and he goes, okay, start praying. <laughs> this is real, people. Yeah. And I prayed that beautiful, ironic blessing over him. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord God caused his face to shine upon him. The Lord lift his countenance, his character, his bullying, His presence on you and give you shalom. He turned it off. He said, now I got it. And so I realized what he was doing is he was creating a prayer in his phone that he could play when he needed it in human time for forever time. And that people... Let's start taking eternal time and putting it into real time. That's the goal. That's how it really works. Watch the Lord turn back the sun and just stop everything and bring eternity to that moment. And I'm a, I am asking you to seriously look at that hour. Those of us who are 16 and older, give God it an hour. 40 to 60, give them 30, 20 to 40, give them 15, under 20, give them 7 to 8. Lean into it and just watch them. And I bless you. Thank you.